0: You can see and hear me. I can see and hear you, right? We're good. <laughs> We're good, awesome, sweet man. How you been? Yeah, Doing well. How are you? Good, doing good, man. Good. So, uh, we've never actually even met or talked or anything. You've done a couple things. You had like a viral video of you playing guitar with your kid, and you've yeah. been doing music and acting, and it looks like you're doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff as well now. Um, so I'm excited to just kind of dig into your story and some of the details. Yeah.
1: And- I Well, I mean, I've always, when it comes to like the film and, and the music and everything, I, I've always appreciated movies. I mean, I always, I grew up with them. I grew up in a small town, so there wasn't really much else to do other than go outside, hike mountains, and then, you know, watch TV and be glued to the TV. So where did you go? Uh, so it was Leeds, Utah. Leeds, Utah. Okay. So small town. Yeah. You blink twice, you miss it type town. Um, and so I, yeah, I grew up there and I uh, was always doing like little short films with neighborhood kids, just like doing funny stories and doing the old way of editing. So you'd have to bring in like the VHS and the VCRs and, you know, have one playing and then record it onto the other one. And watching it on the big box tvs so how did you get into that
0: though as a kid i mean a lot of kids are just you know playing with action figures or whatever not like getting with vcrs and connection like did you have family or friends or something to that or
1: uh i i had a i had a really creative uncle uh who was in who inspired me a lot um and he passed away when i was a man probably i was probably 11 years old and uh he was always just creative and imaginative and coming up with all these crazy, you know, just off the wall ideas. And I just really attached to that as a kid. So I obviously it just kind of stuck with me and (laughs) I've made, was he into music
0: and stuff or just,
1: uh, yeah, he had a drum set, um, that I remember when I would go play with, yeah, hang around with my cousins Uh, he'd have a drum set there. I remember, uh, playing his drums. Um, and then, yeah, he would always walk around with a camera. And my grandpa was the same way. He always had a, always had a camera in his hands. He was always taking pictures and nice. And, uh, yeah. So I think the influences are definitely there just growing up.
0: That's cool. That's cool. So you grew up super small town and then, uh, what kind of, what was the next step?
1: Yes. Uh, next step, uh, I did. I did the uh, LDS mission thing. Went, okay. to, went to Georgia. Um, I really appreciated the time that I spent there because I it was a, it was an eye opening experience to yeah you know, get out of Utah and know what. The rest of the world is like. Yeah, I've I've lived
0: in Georgia and I've lived in small town Utah, and so.
1: Yeah, <laughs> definitely a big difference. It's um, a big difference, you know, and and that's I really, I, I love the diversity, of just mm-hmm. every. I mean, the melting pot of Atlanta. I mean, it's oh, Atlanta's places, awesome. Just, what what is, a cool place you know? too, and, and it is. It's and especially like yeah, you're you're there for religious purposes at, at that time, and, uh, you know, I'm a young a 19-year-old kid who, yeah. you know, supposedly knew everything. <laughs> um, at the time, you thought so. At the time, yeah. Uh, but being able to, you know, meet, you know, so many different faiths and uh, groups of people that just, yeah, it was just eye-opening. And that's, yeah. what I really, that's what I've really taken from that experience was just the, yeah, just the love of people, just the love for people.
0: And Georgia's cool. Like you'll be driving down the street and you got these giant Christian churches and then you've got like these Hindu temples and Buddhist temples and you've got like everything. Yeah. You turn a corner of trees and there's just like another mosque and monument to something. And it's right. like all right there. You don't even notice it. I actually yeah, met up with I, some. I just
1: love that. So. Yeah.
0: It's really cool. That's and awesome. So after there, Oh, I was going to say, I met up with some monks out there when I was, I was just driving around doing sales out in Georgia. I saw this Buddhist temple. I'm like, I just drove up and like went and see it. And so, I was like, hey, can I meditate with you guys? And they yes. hardly spoke any English, but I went in and we did some meditations and burned some incense or something. It was cool, That's awesome. Um, but yeah, like I say, it's a whole world of culture just around the corner every turn in Georgia. So it's, I loved Atlanta. So what did you do? You yeah. after your mission, then you you came back to Utah, or
1: yeah, I came back to Utah and uh, got married. Um yeah, you know, did the whole Utah culture thing mm-hmm. right <laughs> uh you know but uh yeah i I know my wife since high school um high school sweethearts uh have some kids, and yeah, and then just uh started pursuing film where I could you know i I had a window cleaning business for about ten years, so I did that oh. in high school and came back, started that up again and um And then just started trying to trying to figure out this industry because it's one of those things where like, yeah, as a kid, I didn't, I always knew that I wanted to do, you know, anything when it comes to movies, yeah you know, in the industry, I didn't know how, but it was just like, that's. That's kind of what I sold myself on. That's what I wanted to do.
0: You just so. loved it. You felt a passion for it even when you're young. Loved
1: it, the passion, and then yeah, it's just been a it's been a crazy journey just trying to figure out, you know, how to find your place in it. Yeah, you know? well, it's funny because so. so
0: I you know I kind of made my career originally in sales, and in sales it's different because someone is like a sales manager mentor who like they make money off of you. So they want to like show you all the ways to make the most money so they can make the most yes. money. So the incentives exactly. are very aligned, <laughs> but it's like, you show up it's like, here's the blueprint, do exactly this and you'll be successful. When, when in right. uh, the film and music industry, it's not, it's like, it's just this pool of, they just throw you in a pool. And it's like, what? Like There's I, there's not like, Hey, this guy will sign you up and show yeah. you exactly every detail of what to do. Um, Because they don't, it doesn't work that way if they tried. So it's
1: interesting. Yeah, I, it's, it's definitely a, if you're looking for structure, it's not the industry. I mean, there's structure within like how you do certain productions and, and whatnot, but there's, and that's kind of how I've, Oh, that's kinda of how I view life in general is yeah, there's no blueprint that's gonna tell you, you know, how to live life, you know. Um, so that's just how I've it just you just have to kind of go with the flow. It's just very going with the flow. And uh the one job that I would get and meet people that have been doing it for, you know, twenty years. Every person I spoke to was they were all in the same boat. It's just like, yeah, it's just You know, you work this job and you kind of figure out where the next job is and you just, you're kind of, I don't know, I don't know if drifter is the good word, that might be a little demeaning, but you're kind of, you're just drifting through the industry. That's my perception anyway. Yeah, well, I mean,
0: it's an art, not a science, right? and it's so true. you know that it's the arts and in in every shape way shape and form so how did you find your way into it then what was like kind of the first thing cuz a lot of people i think are interested in that world cuz we grow up watching movies listening to music. like everybody's exposed to that you know what i mean oh yeah and and oh, so yeah. some people it, it clicks them like i want to be on the other side of that but i think a lot of people they don't know how to move they're like what what moves did you make to start being on the other side of that and actually like looking at like a career not just something interesting that we're all
1: you know exposed to right uh well i mean it it always starts out as a hobby i mean the passion um but i think i first started getting into it just looking around my you know the area in which i live just trying to figure out okay who's somewhat in this industry who's you know who's connected to who and just figure and just networking I mean, it is it is a business of networking, of just, you know, who's doing what, and it's all collaboration, and it's, it's, it's all helping each other out in the industry, and then it would be, you know, the first job that I got was it just commercials that would come through Southern Utah, because everyone, what I've noticed is it's so beautiful in Southern Utah that that's where, that's a huge attraction for a lot of productions to come here and shoot whether in snow canyon or you know arizona strip or anywhere desert it's just it's a a beautiful area so did you just get like an agent that would let you know about those opportunities or um at first it was it was mainly just uh see what thinking back it was i think i i did did like a semester of college okay (laughs) so I did a semester of college. I was thinking about going into the film program uh, and was just, and was starting to get involved with, you know, the film world a little bit, just the technical Mm -hmm. side of things, like working with a group of people who were trying to do the same thing and making short films. Um, And then from there, it's, it just kind of spanned, you know, branched out into, oh, this production's coming into town and they need a PA. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to be a production assistant. And you know, and just figure out how a production works, you know. Yeah, so, go on
0: set and actually see what it's like.
1: Yeah. And so, I mean, for me, that's something that was extremely valuable was being a production assistant, which you're, I mean, you're basically the, you're just the gopher of the set. You know, you just go and you, you do so much and you're there, you know, it's 12 hour days that you're doing. And yeah. Um, but you're able to at least just kind of see how everyone operates and, and you're able to see how different people operate. I mean, crews from the East coast operate a lot differently than crews from the West coast. And so it was, again, it was just seeing the diversity of how people work, you know,
0: it's all very different. So that kind of broke into it. So give us a quick um, resume, I guess, of some of the things you've done and worked on and, you know, things that you've done as far as um, I guess both sides of the
1: screen um, kind of up to where you're at now. Yeah. uh, Let's see. So I started out uh, again, just working, you know, locally, just getting together with friends, getting together with people uh, uh, just producing something. Um, and then it was branching out into, uh, you know, the Utah film commission a little bit and getting your name on the directory to be like, yeah, I'm a PA. I'll, I'll, here's my information. If any production, if anybody needs any help, you know, I'll, I'll be a production assistant. Mm -hmm. And then, so from there, that's when I first started, uh, I, I worked on, so Running Wild with Bear Grylls came through Utah, okay. and so I was able to, I was able to jump on that, and, and, I love Bear Grylls, that's cool, that'd be a cool experience, he's, re- he's a really cool guy, um, and just being able to jump on that show, and, and, you know, just help out, and, and work around a different type of production, obviously, because it's, yeah, you know, reality <laughs> TV based, so it's, uh, it's just, it's a totally different, you know, than like a, a film narrative production right. where it's just all setups and lighting and, you know, it's, yeah, it's very uh, top notch, you know, on the go type of production. So it just has to be uh, really quick. And and that's where I learned about, you know, the role of communication, how communication is extremely important because you get, you when you start getting into the industry and you're trying to figure it out, uh, it's the little, it's, it's the hard lessons, but the not so hard lessons that you learn. Mm. And, and luckily it wasn't a hard lesson that I had to learn the value of communication. Uh, but for instance, just, uh, driving in the town that we were shooting at, I was, I was driving and the production manager, you know, was on the walkie and, said something to me and you know and and obviously I I heard him I was like okay cool and then I drove a little bit ways and then got to where they were all meeting and he chewed me out a little bit because he's just like look if you don't say copy after I say something right I mean that's that that could have been disastrous he's like I have have no idea if you heard or not Exactly that. So if I'm assuming that you heard something but you didn't hear it, right. and I say go ahead, you know, yeah, it's it's a simple little thing, but it could have had just such. It could have been a you know such disastrous consequences, right? It, just that simple little thing. So that's when I was like, okay, copy, I got <laughs> copy, it, <laughs> <I'm> copy.
0: That. <laughs> that's interesting though. It's yeah. so true though. Like how like said so the smallest little thing. If And if everything's going right, it doesn't matter. But when something yeah. goes off, it's that small thing that could have prevented yeah. it. You know what I mean? Just yeah. the dumbest and, and little thing could have prevented it.
1: And they're working, you know, and it is amazing just to see them work because they, I mean, they have involved. I mean, yeah, it's it's as big as you can get when it comes to those type of shows. And so it's, yeah, with helicopters involved and, you know, Bears doing his know his his own stunts I mean he's as real as they get when it comes to that adventure type of stuff you know it's yeah Yeah. I I learned I'm glad I learned the easy way that way
0: that's cool now (laughs) you've you've been working on a, a, a war film is that right are you currently working on it or do you finish it yeah
1: so then fast forward you know through the years where it's uh I go from working as a PA on stuff to like, you know, okay, now I want to I audition. I want to, that's, that was something that like, it, it wasn't necessarily a fear, but I mean, it was intimidating nonetheless to like try to act and sure. be in front of the camera and stuff. And uh, I mean, I did storytelling contests when I was in fourth grade, I think it was. Um, okay. So I kind of had that with me. Just that being in front, you know, theatrics type type thing and and uh that's when it was just discovering, okay, well, what do I need to do? And that's where like, you know, agents are are important because they are uh they're a, a gateway to help, you know, protect you as a as an actor because their relationships that they have, you work with them. Right. And I've I've learned the hard way uh, in this industry as well, being taken advantage of, you know, because there are people out there that, uh, that do that. I mean, they will take advantage of anybody. So, uh, you know, actors, I, that's when I learned the importance of, yeah, that's why you need an agent because they're there to protect you and kind of help you see through, you know, those type of entities. (laughs) So what kind of ways would you get
0: taken advantage of just like, People trying to take your money to promote you, but they're not really promoting you. Or
1: so, I mean, there was there was one instance where kind of you know it does hit on to uh, a stint, a stage of depression that I was going through at the time, where you know it it got to the point where it's like okay, I'm just looking for anything, right? Right. So you know, and, and at a time when you're depressed you don't think straight you're you know you're not you're not even doing well financially because there's not even a point to even pursuing anything um and so there was yeah there was a it was a company that like I can't even remember the name of it but it was they they it was literally like an operation where they presented a website of like an actual production company. Like they looked like a legit production company. Mm-hmm. So you go through, you try to do some research. Okay. What are they, you know, what are they doing? What have they done? And, and it was, it all turned good. Out, you're like, okay. Yeah. It all just turned out to be a mock, you know, fake website.
0: No way.
1: And eventually what, you know, what they did is the way they did things was like, oh, well we need to send this here. And, and then you need to, you know, it was all just like wire transfer, just you know, yeah, yeah, bad yeah. stuff. And eventually it just like you get hit with the brunt of the the fraud, basically. Yeah. Like so you get so we ended up getting hit with like what they were prom- promising to pay was like we just had to we had to deal with it. and And they do it like so
0: sneakily and carefully you don't realize what's happening until it's too late
1: yeah it was so sneaky yeah it was so sneaky and and again it was uh i hate blaming it on my depression because it is that responsibility that you you end up taking but but man it sucked (laughs) yeah it was like you're just you're looking for something
0: well, and I feel they like were, in an industry, you know, there's not a lot of people that are like, for instance, let's take door-to-door sales, right? I've done some of that. Yeah. No one's like banging on the door like, this is my dream to do door-to-door sales, like whatever it takes. Right. Like, so no one's really, no one's there to like jump on that. But every, a lot of people want to do acting and want to, you know, so if they see, people see what they want to believe. So if they see a production company that's going to give them yeah. an opportunity and there's this chance, it's like, even if things look a little fishy, especially if you're not in your yeah. best mindset, you're just going to like yeah. believe it. Cause you want it. Cause this is something you want yeah. to make happen. So I feel like it's an easy target, especially people that are new to the industry. Oh, um, very, to very vulnerable people. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. They, they hit people in their most vulnerable, mm-hmm. you know, state, because again, they know how, you know, how passionate people are. Right. About that. And so, yeah, totally like that, that was a, uh, That was a huge arrow to the chest of, you know, having no armor and just like, you know, at that time I was already struggling with the, the flame, the, the spark that was like,
0: Mm -hmm. you know, the
1: passion of, of wanting to do this anymore. And then that hits and it's like, wow, well that completely extinguished it. Yeah. I was going to
0: say, I feel like this a lot of times that's when people would fold like, okay, it's not going to work. Like, what am I doing? Like, I'm yeah. not even enjoying it anymore. I'm clearly getting things aren't working the way I wanted to. I should just move yeah. on. And and yeah, I think that happens in lots of, in everybody's life in different industries and in different oh, career sure. paths. And, you know, and it's, it's interesting because like, what do you do when you hit that moment? Because that's a big fork in
1: the road.
0: Um, yeah. So it sounds like what, what did you do when you were kind of at that yeah. lowest point?
1: Well, I mean, from, from that point, uh let's see it it was all just kind of like it was definitely the one-two punch thing so like that happened and then uh within the same week and I was all and I was like I was trying to fight having that spark and that passion still flowing so I was doing a short film at the time and (laughs) I mean it's funny because it's called the hit so uh (laughs) You know, it's yeah, it's that's funny. So uh I was doing just a short film with people around town and you know, trying to just keep the creative and the collaboration fire going. And uh with I think within that same week, uh I got then I got in an accident, uh totaled my truck, and then like the same so that same day I got a call from a production company. That I worked with before, and they're like, hey, we have this, you know, we have this position opened if, you know, you want to go to Denver and you know, and be on the show for a week and a half. And I'm you know, at that time I was just like, Yes, anything. <laughs> yeah, right. anything that can that can help. So uh yeah, it was all just like it was that was such a whirlwind of a time, definitely, that just was uh definitely hard. Um but after that, it was just, I don't know, it's its learning to stand up again. So yeah, everyone gets knocked down at some point. But then it's just, I don't know, it's learning to stand up again, where uh, after that, I was able to find, you know, more acting stuff and redefining, you know, and learning from those lessons <laughs> that, that came. So uh, yeah, I think it's, it was just not giving up um, cuz i didn't want to yeah I'm very stubborn when it comes to that so
0: <laughs> it's like even though things were low you still had that spark It's still something oh you wanted
1: yeah yeah things are su- yeah even though things are super low it's still just you know it's not the end so you know what are you going to what are you going to do with it? It's, it's like, it, it comes to the point where, yeah, it's either you get to define those or they get to define you.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's funny. Cause there's like a stupid so. example in my life just recently Is I started getting back into mountain biking and I had this old bike I hadn't used in a while. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go mountain bike. and So I, I get it all loaded up, go to the mountain bike trail. And I get there and it's like, the gears aren't working. <laughs> the tires are low. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know what I'm doing. And so it didn't work out at all, right? So then I take to the shop, get a few things fixed, go out on the trails another time, you know, two miles in, I get a flat. And I had a spare and a pump in the car, not on me. I'm like, what am I doing? So it's just like these little stupid decisions. So then I had to walk two miles back. So then I go another time and get another flat. And I was like, go back to the car, getting it changed. And I was like, I don't even care. Like, I don't even like yeah. mountain biking this much. Like, I just wanted right. to go for fun, you know. But I was fine. I was like, you know, screw it. I'm going to do it. I'd overfilled the tires the second time. I was like, I know what I did wrong. And so I just finally did it right. Had gears that worked, new tires, put the right air pressure in. And then, you know, yeah. third, fourth try. I went and had a great ride and just enjoyed myself. And it was just like, I was like, there's a life lesson here. It's like, that's the, thing, the, the intro, breaking into things. You do silly things. Yes. You get taken advantage of. You buy the wrong tire you 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 the right things but it's in the wrong place and it's all these little things that are out of line but once you can kind of push through that if you don't just say screw it i'm just gonna go for a run or go swimming or something else that doesn't require all this technical equipment you know if you stick with it then it starts to smooth out and then you don't have to deal with those same problems the next time Um, yeah
1: it's i mean it is it's the whole it's the whole symbolism of the you know the tip of the iceberg and how big the iceberg is at the, you know, beneath the water, right. you know, the things that you don't see, it's, it's all, it that's all, it's all of that. So.
0: So you stuck with yeah. it. Um, luckily you got that, you know, that little lifeline to go to Denver and do a project in the midst of uh, the chaos you were in. And that kind of gave you a little life support to keep going with some things. And then you started yeah. getting in and doing more of your own productions and, and, you started actually getting in front of the screen more, acting more, everything like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So then, yeah. then I've, I've had a, had a couple of projects where, you know, they were fun just in the, you know, in the independent world, you know, it's, and that's, mm-hmm. I don't know, that's where I like to, that's where I like to stay. I mean, I've done a couple of auditions down in, you know, in California and, you know but it's just it's so saturated there it's so right. there's so much of someone doing the same thing that you know that was just like that I I kind I just I actually ruled that out as just like that's okay that's not for me you know it's right. it's for someone else and that's great like there's other people that want to pursue that and and they're available to and they you know they want to and It's like, that's, that was the decision that uh, I I did it a couple of times and I was like, okay, this, that world isn't for me.
0: Yeah. It's not like one's good or one's bad. Like, oh, independent is less and this is bigger or or vice versa. They're just different ways to, to express your art. And you like say, I feel like you have a lot more control and flexibility in the independent world than if you're a big mainstream. Is that true?
1: Yeah, yeah. So then, uh, you know, knowing that there's, you know, the independent world is is so big because I think because of the abilities of social media and the way, you know, things can be shared and things can be, you know, you yeah. can find your audience, right? So it it's definitely given independent filmmakers more of an opportunity away from the standard typical studio system way of things, that it's just another way. And that's that's one thing I, I like about the industry is is that it's it's so fluid and it's always changing that I don't know, I feel like if I feel anybody can find their own way in it. And you know, they'll learn their failures, they'll learn their successes, but it's you know anybody can you know that wants to do it that like they can find their own way and i think that's part of my upbringing too is uh you know growing up in a small town where i was just hiking all the time i was always off trails you know i wasn't i wasn't sticking to one trail i was always just kind yeah. of wandering and roaming and uh, and i think that's just kind of that's what's been a part of me in my adult life is yeah you know, just the same concept it's just all right, well, that way is not for me. So I need to go this way. And just like, it's all, yeah, very improv, you know? Yeah. No, that's cool. So what's one of your favorite
0: projects that you've uh, worked on, whether it was your own project or with uh, someone else? What's one of like, is there one or two that kind of stick out? Like, oh, this has been like such an amazing project.
1: Yeah, I think for me, when it comes down to it is, you know, some of the films that I've been in, uh, you know, like where I was, I, I went down to Tucson and was in an independent Western that was shot down there. And then uh, there's a sci-fi, the immortal wars uh, down in Vegas um, with Joe Lujan as the director. I mean, so like there was, for me, it's the, it's who you get to do it with. And it's mm. the camaraderie that everyone, you know, you know, feels and and, and you're creating something and, and, you know, regardless for me, because I can't, I can't sit there and watch, you know, certain, you know, movies that I've been in because I see it with a totally different perspective. Right. So, you know, regardless of, you know, whether people think it was a good film or a bad film or whatever, because there's always critics out there. But it's to me, it's like no, it's the relationships that I was able to form and have in creating it that you know that's priceless for me. So yeah, that's what I get yeah. to take out of all of it. So I think I don't know each each project I've been a part of. There's always that yeah. There's just the the relationships that you get to form with people and and you know what you're creating. But then it, <laughs> when it's when it's all said and done, it's for me I can't. I can't sit there and like objectively watch it because it's, I, I don't see it any other way than, you know, all these weeks or all these days that we spent on it. You know. Yeah. If there's
0: like a scene of something happening, you don't see that. You see all the build up and behind the scenes and the side notes. And yes. Heck, and like, that's yeah. where your mind's going. And we just see like a building exploding and a guy jumping out and you're like, there's so much more to it. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's the that. fun thing about it. And, uh, Yeah, and then that would lead to, like, so getting to the World War II film that we did, or that I did, you know, it was, like, uh, it was end of 2019 that, like, I've been a part of, product like, acting and stuff, uh, commercials, but then it came to the point where, you know, I was, I've always told myself, like, growing up, like, uh, you know, you want to be a director, you want to be a writer, and and so it was, it was kind of me calling myself out to be mm-hmm. like, okay, you've said this long enough. Are you going to shit or get off the pot type thing? Right. Like, are you going to do yeah. something or are you going to keep saying it? And so for me, it was just sitting down and being like, okay, I want to, I want to do something that I kind of wanted to do it small at first. Okay. <laughs> but, it always doesn't end up being just something small, you know, yeah. it has to be bigger, but uh, yeah, I was like, Oh, I want to do a, you know, a nice little Christmas, you know, feel good type project, you know, it takes place in world war two. So I would just kind of scour like certain stories and I came upon one story that I was like, Oh, wow, that's, that's an amazing, you know, real life instance that happened that like, it's been, it's been shared you know, throughout the years, but I was, but then as I was reading it, I started getting images and, you know, started coming up with my own version Yeah, of telling that story.
0: Well, and tell us a real quick synopsis because it is an amazing story. I know the story you're talking about as I've followed you yeah. and I've heard that story before. Um, give us a little brief synopsis of it because it's such a cool thing.
1: Yeah, so it's it took place in December nineteen forty-four and there were three American soldiers that were uh they were behind enemy lines. So they were it was in the Ardennes Forest, the Black Forest, Battle of the Bulge, and they were just lost in the in the forest, and then they stumbled upon a cabin, and it was a mother and her son who were in this cabin, and the dad was off in a nearby city. On war duties. And these are a mother of the son of the enemy. And it was Christmas Eve night. So she took them in and she says, Look, like I'll feed you, I'll keep you warm. And and one of the soldiers was wounded. What's that? Oh, he's saying this is a mother and son of the enemy, right? These are. So yeah, this was on the German. Yeah, this was the the German in Germany. Gotcha. And so she took them in and, uh, you know, because she. I would assume that she didn't see they were a threat because they were hauling one wounded soldier with them. And so she took them in and later that night, you know, a a group, I believe about four or five German soldiers showed up and she invited them in, but first she laid down the law, right? It's, it's her house. (laughs) That's what I loved about reading this story is that you know, the power of mothers, the strength of 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 women. And, you know, she obviously was protecting her child. Yeah. Uh, at this moment, because you have two enemies, you know, and obviously tensions would be high. Yeah. Um, but she she basically just lays down, like, your, your weapons are going to be out. There. You guys can come in. I'll feed you. I'll keep you warm. You can stay here the night. And then the next morning, you go your, you know, you go your separate ways. And, uh, bas- the rest of the story as it, as it plays out. Um. The German corporal. Uh, well, now I'm, I'm, see, I'm mixing my story with the real story. So, <laughs> <laughs> let's, the, the real story goes that, uh, Fritz, who was the kid, in the cabin, he eventually, like, moved to Hawaii, and he heard about this story through Unsolved Mysteries in, like, the 80s, I believe, so there was an Unsolved Mysteries on this story of one of the sold one of the American soldiers had a compass and a map from one of the German soldiers that helped them get back to their, you know, um, where they needed to go, and so, Fritz, the boy, who was in Hawaii, he, had, he owned his own bakery. He heard about that and, and eventually got in contact with the soldier, I believe it was the wounded soldier, uh, who was in a retirement home on the East Coast. And so they really? eventually met up and got a picture together, and the wounded soldier, you know, told Fritz, like, look, if it wasn't for your mother, I don't think we'd be alive. Yeah. And so that, that story just, yeah, it transcends, you know, what that, you know, and that's why I kind of named, that's why I named it shred of decency because it's like what that one little, you know, decent thing to do, you know, the kindness that it resonated, you know, that far, you know, that was like 50 years after the fact that that one little thing. Right. So, that's interesting, and so she was uh, that mom she so yeah, was being able to in, tell that
0: story that's so cool like that's um that's it's so crazy because so she took in yeah. like the enemy soldiers but then at the same time she's taking in the german soldiers and to her there's no enemy you can tell or else she wouldn't be doing that they're just human beings in front of yes. her in need of help yeah. whether it's in need of a night's sleep or some food or you yes. know they're wounded and again, protecting her son, like it, it's so yeah. interesting, just that that perspective, because she's not fighting wars or a Nazi or American or political. She's just living her life and helping right. them in
1: front of her. I, and I'm sure they were, I'm sure they were in that cabin because they were kind of hiding away from the action that was going on.
0: All the drama. That's what I feel so, like doing sometimes. I want yeah, to the run more into I've a cabin, into this, get away from all the drama.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I know. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I think that's why, yeah, that's why it resonated with me. Cause I'm just like, you know, at at the end of the day, there are, there are more people that far outweigh, you know, the negative noise that exists Mm -hmm. in this world, you know, when it comes to, you know, the violence and the war and the, I I think, I think there are more people that that there are, they just, they're just, they want to go about their lives, they want to do kind things, they want to just 100%. you know live live a good life. and I think that's just kind of what that little story meant to me was you know and exploring that you know as a as a writer, as a as a filmmaker, and then obviously as a producer as well, because then it yeah, yeah i've done I've done the uh I've done the sales pitches. Right. So like over the Mm -hmm. years, I've done the sales pitches of, you know, funding my movie or funding this story or trying to find the money, the money, you know, to fund your project. And it's hard. That's hard. And so it eventually just comes to the point where with this story, I was like, okay, look, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to produce this. I'm going to fund it. And so it it was able to help me kind of get into s- some producer shoes so really? that, one, I have more respect for producers. Yeah. I have more respect now for people that when they have an executive producer name on that film, yeah, it's kind of like, okay, I I got you. I understand. Like, yes. Like, it's risky for a lot of people. It's, uh, you know, and, and however many school we did – this production for um, it's, it was just that it was just having that ability to figure out like, okay, what, what does it mean to actually like front a film? Like yeah, pay for art Isn't there
0: some sort of unwritten rule that you're not supposed facilitate. to produce your own film or something like that? Like, I think I've heard that. So maybe I'll just
1: make that up. Probably. I, I definitely like don't mortgage your house yeah. to produce a movie. Uh, I've heard I've heard horror stories about sure. that. Um but no like this one this one was definitely more of a conservative take on you know being frugal about it. You know, frugal filmmaking. It's it's very possible. So uh you know it just it, so it all started with like uh you know just the building blocks. So it's like okay, I have I have a budget that I want to work within. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. want to go past it. So I'm, I'm having, you know, my little risk that I'm putting in, yeah, to do all this. And then from there, and I have, I have to shout out to Jason Mueller who helped me produce it. He was a production manager. He helped, he helped a lot with like organizing schedules, um, set design, set building. You know, there's so many elements that went into this and everybody's wearing multiple hats. Yeah. Because, you know, we're and, and I think that's where when I presented the story to some people in southern Utah, that's that was kind of the magic of that collaboration coming together because they're like, yeah, I, will, I really dig this story. You know, it's a great story to tell. So it was. I think that was their first step in wanting to, you know, give their time, and collaborate, and and see this to fruition. So, um, I mean, going from there, it was it was just the building blocks of like, okay, if we're gonna do a World War two movie, where are we gonna get the wardrobe? Because if we can't get good wardrobe, there's no point in us doing this. Not gonna work. <laughs> so, you know. We're not. We're not going to go on Amazon, and we're not going to find, you know, World War II Halloween costumes and, yeah. and put them in there. So, like, no, we're not. <laughs> we're not going to do that. So, uh, that's when we worked with Wendy Walton, who helped with the wardrobe. Uh, she's in this area, and and she had, she has great connections. She's done wardrobe for a long time, and so she was able to really help secure and, you know, and did some research on, on what they would have worn in this time period. So having someone that was able to take that on and, and make sure that we were being as historically accurate as possible. Um, Because for me, that's coming from like some acting background and productions I've been on as a filmmaker, as a writer with this story, I knew that I wanted to, I wanted to get as, legit wardrobe as possible so that the actors i'm working with can feel like they're in that role yeah you know then then just kind of like okay you guys kind of come up with the wardrobe and come be a part of this you know project it was like no i wanted to facilitate uh there's a lot of there's a lot of uh theatrical production behind the scenes that takes place to perform. <laughs> for people to, you know, in hopes that they'll be able to be comfortable in performing to their capacity, right? Uh, their fullest capacity. And uh, Dawn Whitehauer, who helped out with makeup, um, she came on and she was able to just give us every little, you know, scratch mark, you know, the the small things that really resonate. Yeah um on camera. So so yeah, it was uh it took us you know, and being able to work on just on a very small budget uh people's time. It was uh you know, it was a big lesson for me to just con- to understand more and more that time is more valuable than money. Mm. And people's people's time, that they're willing to be a part of something. Uh, You know, first you got to respect that to be like, okay, like at any moment in, and that's, that's kind of the, the, the understanding, you know, I guess an unwritten understanding too, that you have with people when you tackle a project like this, where it's all just based on, on time. And having that respect and the risk of knowing that like, look, if someone wants to cut out, they can, like I, there's nothing holding them to the project. Right. It's so I, it, it just made me appreciate greatly the team that we were able to form for this because they were willing to, to give that amount of time in order to see it done man i don't think and so yeah i think over it, it was the
0: sorry i think our audios Go are ahead. like being funny uh it doesn't always come through clear i was gonna say i don't think we fully appreciate what goes into making a film you know we all watch movies growing up and uh you know and like you see these credits and it just shows a million names and you're like skip oh, yeah. fast forward like come on i'm trying to watch the movie or whatever But it's like, those are all (laughs) real people. Like, so that every single one of those roles and the time commitment and effort and detail, like, just, you know, a small production like you're talking about and all these very, very important people that played a role in it. Like, I don't think I fully appreciate how much goes into watching a movie. And there's so much content nowadays. It's like, it seems like it's a dime a dozen, but there's a lot behind each one of those things.
1: Yeah, that's the, that's the, I think, uh, that's the sad thing with me is like, I, I've learned to not critique movies as Mm -hmm. much because, because one, I don't, I really don't watch a whole lot of new stuff. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm a very old school criterion collection, you know, watching films that I've never heard of. That's that came from the forties, the fifties, the the sixties, like there's so many gems that were made. And I, you know, I'm I'm more of a film appreciation person that way where, you know, but it does like, it's sad with, with me when there's just so many people that critique films these days where it's just like, Oh, you hated it. I'm sorry, but (laughs) maybe you don't really know what all went into it. It's so like, like every single
0: guy watching football with their beer in their hand on their couch. Like, yes. Oh,
1: you could have made that pass. Why'd
0: you do that? No, no, no. Like eh, yeah. maybe you don't actually know as much as you think, you know, but it's yeah, easy to it's, be critic, it's right? funny.
1: Like, you know, they sit back fold their arms and it's just like, impress me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's a, uh, you know, it's crazy, but um yeah, that was just, it was a fun little project to just take on, you know, get some feelers and then, you know, that's, but then it just is that, what's next? What's the next project we want to do? What's, uh, you know, so it's, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely rewarding. So how do we and, see
0: that film if we did want to see the, the Christmas, a, the, a thread of decency? That's what it's called?
1: So it's called... Yeah, it's called the Shred of Decency. Shred of Decency, and it's on Amazon Prime. So I I threw it up on Amazon Prime,
0: um,
1: just to get it out there. And um, I'm thinking about doing a a re-release of like a black and white version. Oh,
0: cool.
1: And so yeah, working through the black and white version, it's 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 a totally different feel of a movie. Yeah. You know, for me as I've been working on it, and and editing it too so that's yeah that's that's been the that, that's where i was a lot of the time 2019 was uh you know in my dungeon editing
0: you know, <laughs> oh spending. did you know we actually had a pandemic i don't know if you knew that you were just like is that where
1: we're at yeah. yeah yeah there's this whole thing that happened while
0: you were in the basement we'll everyone comes out with
1: masks i was like yeah masquerade party hey, what did i miss What's going on
0: so you can just put a film on amazon is
1: that like a
0: thing You're just like oh yeah it's on amazon like like, you can just do that yeah
1: there's yeah there's there's self-distribution ways that you can uh and that's the cool thing that i'm saying for independent filmmakers is there there's a lot of platforms i mean there's you know there's vimeo on demand there's amazon there's Mm -hmm. there is netflix there's hulu you know if you have agents or connections and relationships that can help but yeah i mean it's there's so many different platforms now that it's you know even throwing it up on youtube if you just want to show it to people i mean it's sure the yeah the possibilities are just yeah endless really i mean it's
0: so what are you what are you working on now uh
1: so now i'm doing a a Western that that I've written. It's called Lex Talionis and we're shooting it around Southern Utah um, because that's with me and the appreciation that I have for Southern Utah and the film history that exists here. Mm. Um, I mean, there's, I think that's part of like, that's just what's been in the air and I've just kind of I feel like maybe I've just picked up on that. That's why I have such a strong love for it because it's just there's there's decades that there was just films being produced in this area.
0: Yeah.
1: Um that was attract I mean it was attracting the likes of Robert Redford and John Wayne and Gary Cooper and I mean it was uh it, there everyone was coming to shoot here in like the 30s, 40s and 50s.
0: Yeah, well, especially when you're talking so, about old westerns, right? Because didn't like yeah. weren't there actual like Billy the Kid or something like hiding out in Southern Utah? Like I felt like there were some canyons yep. that was like a real thing, not just movies.
1: Oh, oh yeah, the history aside from the film history is is amazing. With with you know the the Silver Reef ghost town mm-hmm. that exists, it's it's actually about five seven minutes north of of Leeds, where I grew up. And, uh, I've worked with them and, and continuing that that's part of what I do for a job right now is I'm, I'm working with them to create and and retell stories that existed in this area. So I, yeah, I have a strong, you know, passion for history and this area, you know, is full of amazing stories. You know, it has the gritty old West stories that you think about, like this small little town. Um, And then even going back further that I want to explore more is I I want to explore more of the indigenous culture that existed here because you have, it's such a young history and a young settlement because, I mean, they only came down here in like 18 late 1860s 1870s is when they settled southern utah yeah but there was already the indigenous population that was here and then the Anasazi's that were all throughout this land i mean it's it's definitely something not to ignore yeah because there is a lot of just history and lessons in agriculture and i mean so many good uh you know, information that we can learn. And, uh, I feel like we can incorporate that in our modern day life too. It's something we shouldn't ignore. Well, hopefully so, we
0: can learn lessons, you know, from, from the past, yeah. from history, from each other, you know, and, you know, that it's cool when we can dig back and see those lessons. Um, yeah, there is so much history everywhere, you know, and we, sometimes we don't see what's right in front of us because we're just so used to it. You know, if it's our hometown, it's yeah. just,
1: yeah. Yeah, I think socially speaking, you know, with the experiences in the case of last year, we've never had such a connected society as Mm -hmm. we do now with social media. And so, yes, at times everything seems so fresh and so new. But the fact is that when you look back at history and you see all the amazing things that happened in history, like not all history is negative. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Right. not all history is bad and I think when people start viewing history like that that's where it's detrimental to our society because we're not even we're not even you know opening up to be like no these were the amazing things that happened yeah you know that we can incorporate and I don't I don't believe we can see history through our eyes sure because it was we can't we can't take modern eyes and look at history because mm-hmm. we will get it wrong 100%. Well, and that's what's
0: cool when you, and you, when you can just drop judgment, right? When you stop talking about if something was good or bad, just look at what happened. Because you can only see through your eyes. Yes. But if you do look at history through yeah. today's eyes, it's super flawed and your judgment's going to be whacked. Yes. So it's better just put judgment on the shelf and just, like, just, what, just see what you can learn to see what was there for what it yeah.
1: is. You know, I mean, because it was a totally it's when you put yourself in different shoes and know that it was a totally different landscape,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, culturally, socially, you know, it's like it is. But I think that's that's, that impediments of society. We. For some reason, there's this we can't get past it. Yeah. Because we just think it's so yeah. fresh. It's so like it's something we have to be angry about all the time. Right. And it's it's like no, like there's there's a lot of amazing people in history that did amazing things. That that's you know why are you ignoring all the good things that happen?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Because you know that yeah. there you know I, I know that's part of my I don't know optimism I guess I feel that there's there is a lot more good in history as well than there is bad yeah or else we wouldn't be here i don't know <laughs> Like, I today i
0: think sometimes people <laughs> can get a little down the negative train too i think i think the world's better than it's ever been like i think people are better than they've ever been mm-hmm. i think there's you know a lot of loud voices and a lot of drama can be seen if you want to find it but i think things are like i say i agree i believe things are amazing people are amazing the world's amazing and in a lot of ways i think it's the safest most open incredible world it's ever been and there's also been a thousand incredible experiences in the history of the world and again i I like to take the good and the bad away and put judgment on the shelf and just like see what you can learn from just looking at everything as it is and it's amazing you can look at it that way And that's what you're going to do as a storyteller, as a filmmaker, right? You can take the pieces you want and present it in a way that people can learn something new from from what they might've been missing because of their own, you know, view or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. And it helps, it helps me as a person explore, you know, things about myself, you know, that I've either questioned or, didn't really know or want to know more about, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's why I think, I think art in general is so vitally important to our culture and society that, you know, like I'm, I'm a huge advocate of art heals. Yeah. Whether, you know, mentally and I'm even physically, because if you start healing your mental state, our I feel it can it can heal our physical state as well it's all connected
0: yeah I mean the mind yeah. body soul connection like they're all one so if you heal one it's going to ripple into the others I I think so yeah I mean I, I think it's I mean, scientific nowadays it's proven you know
1: yes and I think art is a huge key in doing that because you know it's it's art art to me is not you know some cool technical video that just like You know, it's cool to to watch, but did it hit me somewhere? Did it make me question something? Did it make did it hit me in a way that like I didn't think about something before? And I feel like that's where art is so important because that's what transcends different cultures and you know groups of people that are stuck in ideologies.
0: Mm -hmm. That
1: it art gives us a chance to think outside the box. It gives us a chance to question something and then present something, you know, to a group of people that you wouldn't necessarily know how, how, you know, someone would accept something if you didn't like present it a certain way.
0: Yeah. And that's
1: why I think it's so important because, you know, if for instance, I've noticed you know we've seen this with uh you know the school systems the you know sports although important and they're good for our physical well-being i don't necessarily think they're good for our mental well-being okay because it's it can be competitive it can be you know it's in competition's good
0: but so, it also
1: there could be a, a lack of you know funding or resources to the arts department because it goes all to the sports department. Right. And I think that's where you get off balance. Right. It's like, why aren't we having more, more football players doing ballet and singing and learning music and, yeah. and like being competitive yeah. on the field. Right. And then why aren't we having more artists doing more sports <laughs> to like, you know,
0: and that's it like why do you have to be one or like, the other? you know and, and that that's the thing yes and that's a cultural perspective you step back it's like why did our culture end up like this like why is this the way yes that it goes you know i'm living in texas right now and it's like football is god here i mean right. high school it's, middle it, schools have it. stadiums bigger than the colleges in yeah. utah i mean it's and it's like it's interesting to see how cultures turn out um and and yes. the goods from that, and the, the negative outcomes from that, you know. But it's interesting when you can yeah. see. Oh, what if we I think it's some yeah. Things?
1: Yeah, what if we you know did put more you know resources or help balance things out to like you know arts, the theater, the you know filmmaking, uh, you know, along with the sports, at, you know, culture. It's like there's, there's a way to bridge the gap there that, you know, people can cross back and forth, and it's fine. Like, yeah. you know, we've all gone through high school. We've all gone through that, you know, like,
0: <laughs> and I,
1: I don't feel like some people have moved on from high school, uh, honestly. Sure. so
0: It's funny. Um, I just wrote this down yesterday, just like a thought that came to my head. I think it applies here. I wrote this and yeah. that. <laughs> is greater than this versus that. And I think so much of it, it's like this right. versus that, this versus that. Like, wait, why can't it be this and that? You know? And so it's like, I yeah. don't know, that, that you know, concept is, I think, really deep and something people need right now.
1: Yeah. Because, I mean, like you've seen, we've seen the division. That's no secret. Right. The division exists. And it's, it, it just seems like, and, and it seems like we're continually dividing. <laughs> so it's like, I, no, there's better ways to like bridge gaps and, and bring people together. And that's the beauty about, you know, improv. The, the little bit that I've been able to do, um, just, uh, you know, just community getting together and, and improving. that's the rule of improv is yes and. It's, yeah, it, it's, it's basically like, OK. If you have a balloon and you're holding a balloon and someone's just like, oh, yes, and I have scissors, it's funny. Something <laughs> right. ha- like something happened there where it's like someone else is bringing something to the table that you're like are that you already have. And I think that's yeah. where the growth stems from a lot. of, And that's why I, I really love that's where I love the arts and I love the filmmaking and the collaboration aspect because it is that coming together and like, Hey, I have an idea. What do you think? Oh, well, I don't really see it that way. Uh, What if you see it this way? And it's like, Oh, well, I don't see it that way. So then it, it opens up conversation of trying to make something work, you yeah. know? And that's, that's the beauty of, yeah, this, you know, why I love what I do because it's, it's definitely a. It's a. At times where I've seen it be bad for my mental health, it's actually helped a lot. So.
0: Yeah, well, and it's like I said. I think so much. It's not the experience we're going to, but how we deal with it that determines whether yeah. it was good or bad experience. You know, and what we what we took from it. So. This yeah. is cool. I think it's so interesting to see different perspectives. Like I say, I think a lot of times we take for granted all that goes behind production and art and music. I mean, I wanted to touch on a couple of things. You know, we've already been chatting for an hour. This seemed really quick to me. I'm like, wait, we just got started. <laughs> um, now you had some viral videos of you playing, because you play music as well. Um, you play guitar and yeah. sing a little bit. And so maybe give me the, the little brief down what happened with uh You playing with your kid.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I've, I've played drums since I was seventh grade. So I've always, I've always appreciated music. I had an uncle that that had a band and I would listen to his CD in high school. And so like, I've, I've had the musical influences in my family, my cool. sister, a uh, beautiful singer. Um, and so it's, yeah, being able and then learning like ukulele. That's where I started. You know, and I'll just I'll just uh, you know, take my phone out because I was just trying to like figure out, you know, what do I sound like <laughs> like as I'm playing and Yeah. And it's it's it was kind of a I don't know, it was it was a progression thing for me. So I'd play and then play it back and just critique myself. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing, but you know, it's it's definitely helped me progress in the music uh, way of life. But then that little moment where, yeah, I just, me and my wife were on a date. We went, and saw a movie, came back home. She took the babysitter home. And I was practicing this song, like, um, but it was kind of the first time that I was going to play it all the way through. And so I, you know, put my camera up there. And then right before our youngest was going to go to bed, I just, that's when I just started playing it. And I think the the thing about that was, it, it was, it was one of those moments that like you wish you had on camera, but it was on camera. So right. when I posted that, I think that's what resonated with people is because it, it was, it was one of those moments. And what, and happened, like, what happened
0: in the, in the, the video
1: where she just started dancing so she was how old was she she was uh i think she was like eight or nine months so she was really really still young and so being able to like play and sing and and her reaction to it of she was just head bobbing and she was dancing and i mean it was it was again that's why i was i was trying not to laugh because it was so just like something was resonating yeah. with her and she was, she couldn't even talk yet, you know? And so it was, again, the power of music, what music can do in our lives and how it resonates. And yeah, she just, she just started, uh, you know, being my little number one fan, you know, mm-hmm. just <laughs> just playing there and then posting it and then just, Man, seeing that kind of just uh take off was one, it was super vulnerable for me because yeah. <laughs> I've never it's always been a struggle and a challenge for me to to sing in front of people, and it was so to have something like that take off and get you know that many views worldwide and have all these messages you know, people from Turkey. I, you know, I mean, it was Japan. I mean, it was everywhere.
0: I love how small the world can get off of like a YouTube video. It's like, like,
1: what? Yeah, yeah. So it was, it it was, it was like, it was great because it was so much positivity that I needed at at that time in my life. And it was also, super intimidating and scary because yeah I, I I've been my number one critic and you know, you know, harsh judgment on the way I sing. And like it's been so it was it was kind of all that wrapped into one. That uh you just kind of it's one of those things where you you definitely come to grips with it and just like it's out there. Like there's nothing it's just it's just there now. And it's And occasionally I still get some messages from people. And I mean, so it's, you know, that, that was the biggest reward I think from that whole experience was the messages from people um, just, Oh, I was was having such a bad day today. And then I saw your video and it's just put the biggest smile on my face that, you know, thank you for doing this. And so like, it was those type of messages that was like, okay, that's, that's That's what that's about.
0: It's worth putting yourself out there being a little vulnerable and opening yourself yes. to critique when it's like, you know what, there's a lot of cool things that can come from it and if it can help people like how awesome is that? You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was the, that was the biggest thing for that. So,
0: so if people wanted to like follow you and see just kind of what you're doing with film or music or videos, like what's the best way to kind of keep touch with, with
1: Dan? Yeah, uh, I'm on uh, Facebook, Instagram. So it's just, I believe it's all just at Dan Foulks, um, or J. Dan Foulkes. So you can find me there. Um, and it's F-O-W-L-K-S,
0: yeah. right? Correct, yeah. Cool. That's awesome. So I think I asked this already, but so what What are the kind of the projects or things that you're doing currently or next up that you're like looking forward to digging into?
1: Yeah, um, I'm always... I'm always interested in the next acting venture, you know, Um, that's always, you know, as an actor, that's what you're always, that's what you're up for anyway. So (laughs) there's, there's that. Um, But then I've, I've written, I have a handful of scripts that I've written that I'm just kind of, you know, you just kind of sit on and then eventually, you know, when the stars align um, you can move it into different stages. Sure. Of production. So yeah, uh, that's kind of where I'm at now with just, uh, I'm, I'm running a, a company right now called Southern Utah production where we're producing content. We're just producing shows in and around Southern Utah. Nice. Um, and so, yeah, it's just always creating something, you know, in the visual arts medium. So
0: well it's interesting, uh, like say when you have things in the works and you have things prepared and and then the timing's right, that's that's when things happen. So many times people sit back and like I'm gonna yeah. wait to move until the moments here, but then the script's not written, the opportunity's not created, like you're not it's like they say luck yeah. is when preparation meets opportunity. And yeah, right. you gotta be prepared so when those opportunities come, something can happen, or else it all just goes right by. Yeah. So it sounds like you've got a lot of things. Prepared and going on, and things happening. So when the time's right, you know you can make the sparks fly.
1: Yeah, you can't. Uh, you can't pull water from an empty well. Is that the term?
0: Keep that well filled.
1: So yeah. So I mean, that's kind of the thing with the World War II was. I was. I was having. I had like a rom com that I wanted to do, and we did like we started into a little bit of it, but things just weren't clicking. Mm-hmm. And then the World War II film started coming up and things just started rolling with that. So it was like, okay, it's just, you know, the give and take, like, okay, I got to kind of put that on the back burner and there's more opportunities rolling with this one that you just have to go down. So.
0: Well, I think that's cool. I, I think that's, you know, an important part of life is to not resist and fight what's happening but to accept yeah. the moment and roll with it, you know, whether that's yeah. the movie you want is actually not happening. So you work on this movie or, you know, there's a, a pandemic, you know, whenever we like try to fight what's happening, it's just, yeah. it's this resistance and it just causes issues. But if we can say, okay, this is where it's at. I'm just going to flow this, do this, make the best of it. My yeah. my new uh, slogan or whatever mantra I've been saying lately is, is, uh, That I can draw value out of every situation, Mm. and I think if people can just do that, draw value out of every situation. Don't judge if it's good or bad. I feel like sometimes people feel bad drawing value out of a bad thing, because if you get good out of something bad, and like, what kind of creep are you? Oh, that's a bad thing that happened. Right. You know, it's like, (laughs) you know, I'm not going to judge what's good or bad, but I'm going to draw value out of everything. And if we can do that and not resist or try to force or manipulate the world to look the way we want it to. I think we can uh, see a lot more beauty in it. And I think that's how art is created. And like say whether yeah. it's, you know, visual or musical or, you know, a painting or a movie, art is intrinsically introspective. And if, when we can dig in ourselves and see that, and then it touches someone else's, you know, insides of what they were feeling and seeing, that's when, you know, people get light on fire. And they're like, oh, this music or this movie or this art piece, like it touched them. Even something as simple as, you know, playing a song for yeah. your kid and seeing them dance, you know, that's art. And it's, it's cool right. to see how it touches people. I mean, millions of people yeah. across the world, the simplest things. Oh you know, yeah. Thing. Yeah. It was wild. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Well, I I've enjoyed following you and what you're doing. And I look forward to continuing to see what your next ventures bring and, you know, what'll come. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thanks for reaching out. And this was, this is really fun. Yeah, man. So is there any kind of last piece of advice or anything you'd give to people that are maybe thinking of doing something in the, you know, movie industry or music industry or just taking
1: risks on, you know, not the norm? Yeah, I mean, everybody has their own story to tell. So uh, just however you're going to tell that, you know, there's there's so many different avenues and options and opportunities for that, you know, for you to walk down. So, yeah, but it's, you, you definitely got to walk it. You can't talk it.
0: <laughs> so Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Well, sweet Dan. This was super cool. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. And so the best yeah, way to you. follow you is just what Instagram, Facebook, is there a preferred one? Just all of the above?
1: Um, yeah, no, I mean, Instagram's real easy. Yeah. Just the Dan Falks or the Dan, the Dan Dan, maybe I, I change it every once in a while.